0: Welcome friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today listening to global news in social artistry here on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri, 89.5 FM, I'm your host Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of talking with someone who's building a more humane world. From the inside out and this week uh, we're going west my guest today is sky burn that's s-k-y-e-b-u-r-n from bellingham washington uh, sky's a multi-dimensional artist uh, Has a bachelor's in psychology of the creative process and a master's in leadership of social artistry Ooh, social artistry i think that's in the name of our program hey I'm gonna learn something today. <laughs> Hi, Sky. Hi, Dick. It's nice great... to see you. Oh, it's great to be with you again. We we have discovered that we were in a a process, a meeting together out in Ashland, Oregon, a social artistry gathering. So we're back together and uh, you have written so much. You have books, you have uh, uh, articles. I, I don't know how, you... You call them sometimes folios. Maybe you can explain how that fits into the. the but today, the overall title is The Narrative Arc, A R C. And, and that's one of your folios uh, that uh, you have um, given me the pleasure of reading. And uh, many of your. You have nine folios now, is that right? It is, out yeah. of 13 total. Oh, okay. So how do you introduce yourself when you're at the uh, United Nations giving them a talk about <laughs> this or that?
1: I speak first about my upbringing. Oh, good. And, and I, I have an unusual background. I grew up in the 50s, in the 1950s, on a small remote island in the Salish Sea. My family lived in a log cabin without electricity or running water. I attended a one-room school where it was okay to go barefoot, except when the frost made it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone on the island knew everyone. We spoke a familiar language. And we lived isolated from mainland culture. No one on the island had a telephone or a television. My family had a radio, but it, it ran off the truck battery, which was too heavy to bring into the house mm. very often. And so we we very seldom heard news of the outside world. Mm. And when I, the Island School went only to eighth grade. Mm. So when I got to ninth grade, we needed to make other arrangements. And my sister, my youngest sister, who was, just starting first grade no she was starting third grade and my mother and i moved to bellingham we rented an apartment for the school year and i attended a school uh, a junior high school in ninth grade mm. it was the year that john kennedy was shot and the beatles were making it big and i did not have a language for speaking with strangers mm. my background and experiences my catalogue of cultural awareness was so different that I really, I loved the learning. I loved the access to ideas and to what I was learning. But culturally I I felt alien. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to 1979, I had been in the Peace Corps in Brazil and came back and was married, and my husband and I had two small children. And part of what a mother does is orient their children toward life, toward reality, how to make sense of the world. Well, I didn't. I didn't know how to make sense of mainland culture. I I didn't have um, the capacity, and I grew very very despondent because I felt out of my element, and I consulted a Jungian analyst who to do dream and analysis. And about four months into analysis, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. And this idea was so potent, so powerful, that I knew it, it, it was why I'm here. It was my reason for being. It became my life work. Oh. And since then, since 1979, this idea, developing the idea and vision for the story we are living, has been my central focus all these years. Mm -hmm. And now it's timely. Mm -hmm. Now now the research is done and it's taken me into the world. And now I am actually writing the idea that I got in 1979. Mm -hmm. And I think, Many people in the 1970s got ideas and and realizations that were in some way a preparation for today's challenges. Mm-hmm. And I feel that my writing is only a piece of that sort of cultural creative preparedness
0: for these times. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Uh, I had to look up Salish Sea. <laughs> Salish Sea. Sa- Salish Sea, and actually, uh, Google took me as if it was a town on the uh, on a little tributary of Puget Sound and south of Seattle, just a little bit. Is that?
1: Well, the Salish Sea is is what it is the indigenous name for Puget Sound
0: oh thank you
1: Puget sound goes from the canadian border down to tacoma south of seattle Mm -hmm. the inland waters Mm -hmm. and there are many islands in the inland
0: waters and Mm -hmm. i grew up on one of those islands okay puget sound salish sea yes yes that that helps a whole lot i didn't (laughs) (laughs) and just to kind of give a little bookend you later end up going back to this island and building your own house, didn't you?
1: Correct. Correct. Um, My first husband and I separated, Mm -hmm. and I went back to the island, and then I went back to school to see if the idea held water and to learn to write. And then I was on the island, and I had figured out that I really wanted a my next husband to be a tall former Catholic, <laughs> and so there was this, a hand-carved sign on the cabin where I was living saying "Wishes come true at this place." Yes. So I I stood on the, the in the doorway of this cabin and looked westward out to the sunset, and I wished with all my might for a tall former Catholic. Mm-hmm. Well, way off in New York City. <laughs>
0: That's the other direction. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Someone went to the Vassar College Library and chose where he wanted to live. And he chose the little island where I was living. Oh, my goodness gracious. And he came. (gasps) And he came three times. And we've been married now for 38 years. And he is a tall former Catholic.
0: You put it out to the universe, and the
1: universe answered. Oh. My grandfather used to say, "A wish is more or less a prayer." Yeah. And so I yeah. wished very hard. I'm we on... built the house together. He oh. cut down the trees. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I had them milled, and I did all of the electric, uh, all of the carpentry work. Wow. And designed the house, and my husband did the electricity and gravity feed
0: water system. It was a twelve volt electric. Uh, solar panel system, uh huh, and people can see some pictures about that. Uh, can you go ahead and give your website that people could go to? My to... website
1: is www.skyburn. That's
0: dot com. Mm-hmm. Very simple, folks. Uh, if you go there now while you're listening, as long as you're not driving your car, um, <laughs> then you can sort of follow along with some of the things we're talking about because uh, she has a nice menu there that you can go and and pick this and that and uh, see pictures of her putting a a house together i didn't notice any pictures of richard uh, but that's okay it's your story (laughs) it's my story yes (laughs) (laughs) so so your husband's name is richard my name is richard uh last week um my I replayed a, an interview with uh, Jan Sanders mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her husband's name was Richard. Yes and I know that you and Jan had some very uh close ties in working uh, yes. in Aruba as well as other social artistry kinds of things. Correct So maybe we'll get around to Aruba. There's so many things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you you have, though, this uh, 1979 vision, and the little phrase that you got then and that you continue to use is the story.
1: In the story we are living. Actually, that phrase did not come to me at first. Oh, okay. When I got the idea, I thought, oh, I can write this, Whew! like three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very, very complex idea. Mm-hmm. And... It didn't want to be written in three years or ten years. It took forty years, mm-hmm. and it was only after working with Doug Banner, actually, who was a storyteller, mm-hmm. and 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 is the sort of the head of the guild, the Storytellers Guild here in Bellingham, mm-hmm. and we worked together on the Flow Project. He was the um, inquiry director, the research director and i learned so much about story from him and i began to think that th- the story field gives a context for understanding the idea it provides a metaphor mm-hmm. so the story we are living is a metaphor and i found that that didn't come to me until maybe 8 years ago 6 mm-hmm. or 7 8 years ago when i began to put it together in terms of a
0: story mm-hmm. and I'll repeat. That was the Flow Project, F L O W Project, that uh, right. you and Doug were together in.
1: After I got my master's in so leadership as social artistry in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. I wanted to do something mm-hmm. with it, and I met with two friends on a kitchen table. They were art therapists and we just drew together and they would interpret the the drawing and I would go home and I'd begin to get a little idea. I'd come back and we'd do some more and get a little bit more idea and gradually got the idea for the Flow Project. Mm-hmm. The Flow Project engaged artists, groups of artists in a year long research project to identify principles and practices of artistic mastery that could be morphed into leadership theory and practice. Mm -hmm. In other words, it provided a research basis for the practice of social artistry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we used a combination of action research and grounded theory to isolate the ideas, the, to analyze the conversations from the mm-hmm. artists. Mm-hmm. And we named five different categories of artistic practices. And I presented quite a bit at leadership conferences and also arts education pro- conferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, in, and in fact, uh, was invited to participate in the UNESCO World Summit in 2010 on arts education, establishing a policy for arts education worldwide Mm -hmm. through UNESCO. Mm -hmm. And the FLOW Project mission statement, which is to apply principles and practices of artistic mastery in resolving social and cultural challenges, was adopted almost verbatim as a third goal for the uh, for the Sewell Agenda for Arts Education. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, you you actually kind of use that as a definition for social artistry as well, don't you? That phrase that you just gave as the mission yes, statement? Yes,
1: yes, that I do, yes. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I just boiled mine down to uh, building a more humane world from the inside mm-hmm. out was my little tagline for social artistry.
1: Uh, I love how it... it it accommodates many different visions
0: of what social artistry is. Right. I, I, for many, many years, I was begging for a definition of social artistry. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Jean would say, oh, well, it's a, and then another time, well, it's a, so, you know, it, I think she was re- in a sense relying on each of us to, internalize the processes of social artistry and what does that mean to me and what does that mean to you yeah and it works it's one of the beauties of it it is yes take it change it whatever works (laughs) (laughs) what a great teacher well let me just take a, a short moment here skyburn and and tell folks that you are Uh, a multidimensional artist in Bellingham, Washington. You've uh, written extensively. I'm reading through your folios. Uh, You say there's 13, and I think you've uh, put out nine for consumption.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So there's a little bit more to go. Uh, This is deep stuff. Uh, I I was actually pleased as well as a little bit surprised at the, the breadth and depth of history that you went back in your research and and pulled up, uh, I was pleased to see that I actually had heard of a few of these things, <laughs> <laughs> so I could I could track along uh, fairly well. Uh, it wasn't as though I needed to you know take a college course to understand what you're writing, but it it really it it incorporates. Uh, many uh, avenues that are already out in the world and have been out in the world for thousands of years, uh, many of them, and you kind of weave it into this uh, story that we're living. Uh, I also want to just mention that you have a volume one that the story we're living is volume two. And I, I, <laughs> so we'll get into that in just a minute, too. I. Before we do, I just want to say hi, folks uh, that are listening, wherever you are listening from today, whether that be in your car or or while you're still at work, uh, wherever you are. Glad you're with us on KOPN.org, uh, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Um, 89.5 FM if you still use the dial. Um, so many of us just uh, do the, the, the live streaming or... Uh, my show and as many are on uh, KOPN uh, podcasted so that you can go back and and listen to them later. Uh, you, you go to the title for each program. Uh, ours is Global News and Social Artistry uh, in the program menu. And you'll see the last uh, 25 shows that we've done. So enjoy that. We're glad you're with us. Appreciate your support for KOPN. We're now in our new uh, uh, facility at 401 Bernadette out on the west side of Columbia and uh, uh, it's been a, a labor of love and uh, wow the work that folks have put into this is just uh, phenomenal and if you ever get a chance to come by uh, please do and see what happens uh, in a community radio facility uh, so uh, my guest today is sky multi uh, multidimensional artist out in Bellingham Washington Our focus, Sky, is your folio number four, the narrative arc. And I am going to briefly say, I know what that is. It's the beginning, middle and end. (laughs) (laughs) Beyond that, (laughs) help me.
1: Well, the story we are living looks at patterns of history, from 10,000 BCE to the present. And stories have a three-part structure, as you said, a beginning, middle, end, Mm -hmm. three phases. And the phase transitions, the beginning, and then the first plot point, the middle, and the second plot point, and the end. And so I look at the beginning of the story we are living as occurring around 10,000 BCE, when humanity began to develop the consciousness of a separate identity apart from nature. Mm -hmm. Began seeking to develop the consciousness of a separate identity and began to, the orientation toward nature shifted instead of, viewing, beholding the human as an integral part of nature, Mm -hmm. humanity began with the advent of agriculture to seek to control nature for human purposes. Mm -hmm. That was a significant shift. Mm -hmm. And the first plot point then was what is called the axial age between 800 and 200 BCE, And it actually extended from around 3000 BCE to 700 AD Mm or CE, but the core of it was 800 to 200 BCE. The middle part then lasted until the mid-19th century. Mm -hmm. And since the mid-19th century, we have been in the end phase of the
0: story we are living that's kind of sad to hear for some of us. that Well, it's the end. Uh, <laughs> you mean there's no more story after? Uh, well, well so. I,
1: I, I put it that the story we are living is part of a, a larger framework. Great. Humanity was alive before the advent of agriculture. And that time before the advent of agriculture, is the pre-egoic time of humanity's self-development. Oh, okay. And the story we are living then covers the egoic phase of humanity's mm-hmm. self-development. And the end of the egoic phase, if all goes well, is a transition into the
0: trans-egoic mm-hmm. state of being in consciousness. That helps me. Uh, I think I might have misunderstood some of that in my reading of, of, of the folio, uh, because back in 2001, actually when I first met Gene Houston, uh, I met uh, L. Robert Keck, or Bob Keck, who uh, was a presenter at the same conference, National Wellness Conference, and he had written a book, Sacred Eyes, and his presentation was on those three, uh, he called them three epochs, one was up to 10,000 years ago and then the middle time and then more recently the uh, the he called it childhood adolescence and maturity but <laughs> so now now that I've kind of put that in place with to what you just said about the pre-egoic egoic and trans-egoic I'm I'm good okay okay proceed <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so Folio 4 looks at this three-phase process and casts it over history mm-hmm. and says, history is divided into these three phases. Mm-hmm. And then it also looks at how that, those same three phases, that same pattern is replicated in other processes. For example, Self development from pre egoic, egoic, transegoic. So I'm saying the beginning of the story of humanity is the pre egoic. Mm-hmm. The story we are living is the egoic period. Mm-hmm. And to be achieved is the transegoic state of being in mm-hmm.
0: consciousness. And one of the things that you uh, focus on actually quite a bit in the folio and elsewhere in your folios. Is this uh, science versus uh, should, can't just say Christianity, but uh, there's there seems to be. A, a, do you call it a conflict? How do you phrase this? Uh, the, what I'm trying to say.
1: It has been called the science religion
0: conflict okay. for for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that you can use secular language for people that are non-religious to talk about the same thing that people in religion would use a different language for, but it means the same thing. Is that fair? I know what
1: I'm attempting to do is offer a secular translation. mm mm-hmm. Of the central tenet of evangelical Christian faith, the the the, um, the concept of God's plan. I'm mm-hmm. I, I instead of using the language of God's plan or Bible-based language to mm-hmm. talk about it, I'm using the language of story mm-hmm. and the language of psychology mm-hmm. to reach a different audience
0: Mm -hmm. and uh in that process i I was kind of uh, fascinated to see how the shift into agriculture and the uh, separation from nature where the identity was we can control nature that kind of thing was associated with uh the Garden of Eden uh, story is that the way you,
1: as I'm interpreting it, uh-huh, yeah, that that the that Christianity that humanity went through a a transition mm-hmm. with the advent of agriculture, mm-hmm. a transition from the pre-egoic awareness, the animistic awareness of being an integral part of nature related to all other creatures. Mm-hmm. And in separating from that, began to go on a hero's journey, a protagonist quest. Okay. uh, Of seeking to become one with the creator. But that did not become defined until the Axial Age. In a story, the protagonist's goal and the vision of that goal do not really become clear until the first plot point.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And and so the the impetus from 10,000 BCE to the beginning of civilization around 2800, 3500 BCE was a long period of development. And then with the beginning of civilization when people began to congregate in cities, Mm -hmm. it required a different kind of structure. It required systems, human systems, transportation systems, um, uh, water and food distribution systems, uh, defense systems, Mm -hmm. um, taxation systems. These human systems are the foundation of Civilization and also the they constitute egoic structures in humanity's psyche. And so the period between 10,000 BCE and the beginning of civilization was a transition from the pre egoic to the egoic period. Okay. With the egoic period is when Hinduism the earliest, and then Judaism, and Buddhism, and Christianity, and Islam, the great religions, came in the Axial Age. Mm. And they gave a a vision of humanity's self-development goal. Mm. And they gave, um, they agreed, not explicitly, but in principle, they agreed that humanity is seeking to become one with the creator, one with Brahman, or one with God, or one with all that is, which is more a Buddhist teaching, Mm -hmm. the consciousness of of one that is. Mm -hmm. And and also the great religions gave a directions for how to achieve that goal, the steps that need to be taken. the golden rule the right the eightfold path the 10 commandments the, these were these were guidelines for achieving the protagonist goal when the time came mm-hmm. so after the axial age humanity on one level had this goal and the goal was kept alive in humanity's consciousness by religions Actually, um, through through religious teachings, through religious discipline, through um, church attendance, mm-hmm. the goal of becoming one with the Creator.
0: And so, is that where uh, gurus and and uh, hermits and and people that go off and live in caves and they're trying to become one with the Creator uh, as individuals, or are you talking about? a goal for all of humanity to what uh, we'll say achieve this goal
1: the story we are living looks at humanity as the protagonist in this story and this protagonist is the main character that okay. everything that happens is about the main character mm-hmm. and it said, it claims that we you and i and everyone else mm-hmm. Are, char- are the characters who bring the story to life. Mm-hmm. And so the awareness of humanity as being sort of inherently one with the Creator, and that we awaken to that consciousness. And I think that hermits, um, you know, sometimes it's just the lack of tolerance for being around other people. That, that leads people to live isolated lives. But sometimes it's a fascination with the patterns of nature. Sometimes it's a closeness with nature. Sometimes it is a spiritual quest, mm-hmm. a, a meditative spiritual quest, uh, many um, sort of mystics, often uh, isolate themselves mm-hmm. um i certainly isolated myself for about 15 years working on the ideas for the story we are living
0: mm. that's a long time
1: it is yeah.
0: uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, so you talk about patterns in history and how the patterns repeat Mm -hmm. And sometimes you talk about how they are conscious, that we're conscious of those patterns, and and also that we're unconscious of patterns. Um, Can you develop that thought a little more?
1: The the, um, narrator for the story we are living is named Dr. Mm Doe and dr doe is a depth psychologist mm-hmm. and her role in the story we are living is aside from narrating the story she speaks from the perspective of humanity's psychotherapist yes so so she is as a depth in depth of psychology the approach to healing to heal means to make whole mm-hmm. literally means to make whole right. So depth psychologists approach therapy with the understanding that healing occurs by making what is unconscious, conscious. Okay. In his book, The Web of Life, Fritzhof Kopra says, understanding the pattern of self-organization is the key to understanding the essential nature of life. Mm. And in Anthony Storr, Um, sort of a collation of Jungian thought, his introduction, he says, meaning occurs to humans through pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. So the act of pattern recognition can make things go from the unconscious to the conscious Mm -hmm. realm. Mm -hmm. For example, before the mid-19th century, humanity was unconscious of evolution. Okay. Although we unconsciously participate in evolution, the consciousness of evolution did not come about until the mid-19th century. It came about through pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. Charles Darwin and other people were noticing in the pattern of finch beaches, a a finch beaks rather, Mm -hmm. noticing that changes occurred in a specific way. And so Darwin did not invent evolution, nor was he the first person to come up with it, but he discovered a mechanism for evolution and on the basis of pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at these three-phase in folio four. I'm looking at the three-phase pattern of the beginning, middle, end of the story we are living. And then I look at other three-phase patterns in other fields. For example, instinctual behavior patterns have three phases. um, In his book, The Presence of the Past, um, Rupert Sheldrake, talks about the three phases of instinctual behavior patterns. There's a stimulus, there's a canalized behavior, and then there's a consumatory act, usually mating, reproduction. So the story we are living began when humanity sensed, had some kind of stimulus to begin developing the consciousness of a separate identity and that move to from the consciousness of being integral part of nature to the consciousness of a goal a self-development goal is what you asked earlier what christians ref, christian theology refers to as the fall from grace that, that's in my interpretation mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, Darwin would be, uh, or his presentation to the world, uh, was your second plot point Correct. to shift from egoic to trans-egoic, is that?
1: Correct. The, the depth psychology and recognizes a phenomenon called original repression.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a fascinating phrase. I, I I kept thinking original sin. Is she really talking about original sin? Or is this <laughs> original? What is repression?
1: <laughs> original repression. So to develop the consciousness of a separate identity from nature, humanity repressed the consciousness of being an integral part of nature related to all other life
0: forms. Was that a conscious repression, or you think that was just an unconscious I think that there it was an unconscious repression. Ah, okay.
1: But we all, we all carry traces of that original repression hmm. in in our psyches. So the original repression of the consciousness of being an integral part of nature, related to all other life forms. The second plot point. Well, the first plot point said, okay, we're developing this separate identity. Here's the name of that separate identity. Brahman, God, Allah, however you want to name it. I prefer the creator. That's the separate identity that we're developing. The second plot point, which is sometimes called the return to origin, it hearkened all the way back to the beginning of the story we are living and resurrected or brought to consciousness the consciousness that we are an integral part of nature related to all other life forms so it circled back to the beginning and brought that unconscious content to the threshold of consciousness
0: that seems as though it did not require a savior so much of the evangelical christian world is looking to end times as a time when a savior is going to come and kind of help us do this, that you' stuff that you're talking about. So you're kind of saying that Darwin's uh, finding patterns and expressing those through a term called evolution and uh, natural selection, was the stimulus or i shouldn't use that word here but it is the the transition point uh, to help us get back to nature and one with the creator
1: it also incurred a split in it between religion and science mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: there was a a split in the copernican revolution between the Catholic Church and science Mm -hmm. around the discoveries of Galileo and Copernicus Mm -hmm. and the natural order of the universe, which the Catholic Church resisted that consciousness. Mm -hmm. The theory of evolution, it evoked resistance in the fundamentalist Christian and the Protestant Christian churches. It did not evoke resistance necessarily in the Catholic Church. Mm. But one of the reasons, in, in my view, for the resistance to the theory of evolution is that the theory of evolution, at least in Darwin's interpretation, uh, Lamarck had a different interpretation, but Darwin's interpretation looked at the uh, principle of competition, as being the main driving force mm. the competition to survive mm-hmm. and the evangelical christian looks at god's plan and we are called to perform roles mm-hmm. the the theory of evolution did not it, it obviated it did away with it 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 obscured that sense of being called to perform a role. It it said that we're that life forms evolve through a competitive process, through a survival of the fittest process. And the evangelical church that said it it does not account for the impulse that I feel within me to be part of God's plan so there was this this split that we're now dealing with Uh in, in in the in the psyche between sort of materialists and and or evolutionists and the the people who believe in God's plan
0: my guest today is Sky Byrne, a multidimensional artist out in Bellingham, Washington. Glad you're with us on Glocal News in Social Artistry. K-O-P-N dot O-R-G, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. So, um, as you understand it, God's plan could not include evolution
1: well from a depth psychology point of view from okay. dr doe it's it's very handy to have a narrator actually yeah.
0: folio 2
1: <laughs> and dr doe is, is is as a depth psychologist it, she's she's has some jungian training mm-hmm. and in in jungian theory the individuation process or the self actualization process the lifting of original repression it involves a union of opposites. It involves a conflict of opposites that is then transformed into a union of opposites. Oh,
0: good. I, I didn't pick and, up on that. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: And and so the the um the union of opposites then is brings forth the whole being. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is this sense of calling to be part of God's plan or to perform a role in the story we are living. And there is evolution. At some point to become whole, humanity needs to integrate those two Mm -hmm. fields. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's in the integration that the wholeness emerges. It's Mm -hmm. through that integration process.
0: I remember uh, in my classrooms in college uh, teaching uh, spending a part of a day on, well, part of a class day on uh, showing creation versus uh, evolution as in terms of science and and religion. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of boiled down to uh, asking different questions. It seemed as though religion was really only concerned with who did it. And science was really only concerned with how it got done. (laughs) And so here are two different questions. And why argue if you're really asking different questions? (laughs) Uh, You can both, we can both coexist because you're talking about who and you got your answer in Genesis chapter one and, and science is talking about how, and there was the six days and look at how all these things evolved and, and took place. Science is just talking about how all that happened and trying to discover the how and mm-hmm. doesn't really deal with the who. Anyway, it it was kind of a fun way of not challenging hardcore, but to say, hey, hey we, we coexist here. We, we're just asking different questions.
1: You mentioned a bit ago how there's no need for a savior.
0: Yes, as a question. Uh-huh.
1: Um, Hinduism and other religions have a cyclical sort of understanding of the development of human consciousness, our awareness of what it means to be human in christianity there's a it's a linear after the first council of nicaea when the church and state became united and the from that point on the doctrine of christianity was tied to constantine's agenda mm-hmm. and gained historical consequence and the Christian religion then looked at a linear progression from the fall from grace to this ultimate goal of becoming one with the creator and achieving this state of being in consciousness called grace or dharma or nirvana that's free of suffering. And that linearity of Christianity and the goal orientation of Christianity is a fundamental driving force, I believe, in the development of our awareness of what it means to be human. And we are currently facing some very great challenges. Humanity, the the protagonist of the story we are living, is facing climactic challenges, life-threatening climactic challenges, where it's, no longer possible, really, to keep the realms separate. Mm-hmm. To, to see that science addresses the why or the how, and religion addresses the, the person or the mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. there needs to be an integration mm-hmm. of those in order for us to achieve the protagonist goal. I believe that And my faith is not grounded in the Bible. Mm -hmm. My faith is grounded in an artist's connection with source. I I am an evangelical Christian by um, baptism, but my faith is not grounded in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I believe that humanity is inherently one with the creator. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a Gnostic in that way. And in the Gnostic tradition, Jesus said, if you bring forth what is within you, it will save you. If you fail to bring it forth, it will destroy you. So here we are in this time of great challenges with the imminent possibility of death on a large scale. Mm -hmm. I think that Christ is a role model. And if there is a savior bit of it, it's that we decide that we're going to follow that model. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, when he was a graduate student, uh, commented that it was kind of ludicrous to think that there was going to be some savior that comes from some other place to our dimension to save us because we now know by science that <laughs> there's no other place out there <laughs> and that the real coming is within our hearts, within our, our behaviors and how we receive and deal with other people on a daily basis. And that is how we become one with the creator. Uh, it, so, yes, I, I think uh, I, I'm I'm Tracking with you and in, in what you're saying on that. Well, that's <laughs> encouraging, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, we all hear through our filters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find our little associations from our history that mm-hmm. can resonate with what we hear coming from someone else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I did uh, write down one of i don't know if it was dr doe's quotes or your quotes but you said humanity must let go of preconceived ideas beliefs and expectations in order to achieve this goal
1: according to omnipolism a a poll that was done i think was in 2016 i may be wrong found that 41% of US adults believe humanity is in the end times, the biblical end times. Mm -hmm. That belief, as I explained in Folio 9, comes with expectations and ideas. It's like a a newlywed couple. They come with expectations of what it means to be married or Mm -hmm. how a husband should behave or a wife should behave. in order to have an authentic relationship, one has to let go of some of those expectations or work through them, more likely, mm-hmm. until one can see and relate to the actual person instead of one's ideas about what it's a person should be like or, or how they should act. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with the understanding of the end times, the end of the story we are living, or to put it more um, holistically, this transition that humanity is in from the egoic phase of self-development to the trans-egoic state of being in consciousness, this transition from the the egoic state to the trans-egoic state, requires letting go of some of the egoic attachments that interfere with our acceptance of what is,
0: mm-hmm. and that's the hard part of the uh, bargain, isn't it? <laughs> how how do we uh, let go? Is it by questioning? And why would we question our preconceived notions? Uh, I'm reminded of the the, the five agreements of. Uh, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz and the fifth agreement is uh, be skeptical mm-hmm. <laughs> and learn to listen. So he's encouraging us to question the things that we have preconceived here. And and before you answer, <laughs> I'm just going to remind you and me together and the audience that we don't have a whole lot of time left. And I'm just uh, realizing that this is this conversation is like we have we've just put our little toe into the door and we see there's a big room that we're looking in through this crack and oh my goodness there's all kinds of fascinating things in that room i I, i'd like to get the door open wider so I think we're going to need to let people know that if they go to skyburn.com that that this the room can open up in a in a much fuller way than we could possibly give real I don't know what do you say uh, how could we do it in an hour <laughs> <laughs>
1: The, it, on my website, on the Marketplace page, mm-hmm. there, it's possible to subscribe to the folios.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. But also, I have made them available for each folio. A PDF that is downloadable can be purchased of each folio for $15. Mm-hmm. It can be distributed as widely as it wants to go. -hmm. To a discussion group. And it's very interesting to work, uh, people are finding it interesting to work with the folios in a discussion group. Mm -hmm. So I've made the cost very inexpensive that for $115, it can be disseminated to a broader group, Mm -hmm. the PDF. Mm -hmm. And that is one way to open that little crack yes in in, uh-huh. in the um into the door
0: excellent into
1: that other room mm-hmm.
0: and do you have uh other places where people can observe discussions or do you have other um i you know a lot of people go to youtube and say oh, okay we're gonna we're gonna watch uh, gene houston on youtube do it you know,
1: or no no one has done that yet no okay
0: no, no one has recorded their discussions okay well that's something for uh exploration Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah well uh skyburn yes (laughs) 40 years in coming
1: (laughs) yes and not a day went by when i didn't work on it in those 40 years not a
0: day and you write from one in the morning till four in the morning
1: Five so five yes. usually. Yes. Wow. Uh-huh.
0: It's yeah, the really. best
1: time, the quietest time to write. Yeah. Do we call that a practice? That's your practice? It's a writing practice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I do, I also play the piano and sing. Ah. And I like to do movement. And I used to do visual art. Mm-hmm. So the, the different mediums uh, yield their different awarenesses.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And uh just to mention you you're friends with Sophie uh Sophie Boy McCoy?
1: Yes. Yes. And, She's
0: uh, a dear dear friend. Yeah. And uh is she still down in Eugene? I I she think. is. Mm-hmm. She is. And then Denise Kester down in Ashland uh, is yes. going to uh-huh. have some of your, her artwork with you and I just give a little shout out to them because they're also a part of my history and yes appreciation well i i just feel like we've begun and i i hope there's a a follow a following up as we uh, go along we'll see how it goes what do you think
1: i think dick this has been marvelous i i really appreciate your engagement and your your questions your the way that you think and and move the conversation. I really mm-hmm. appreciate
0: that. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you for being here today. Yeah. And I I always sign off with friends, remember wherever you are that is your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful and more loving than you found it because if it is to be it is up to us. Mm-hmm. Take care. Talk to you soon.